Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Welcome to Just Thing, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And we're joined by another very special guest today, one whose story we know that you all need to hear. Whether you're a parent, a grandparent, a someday parent, really all of our society needs to be aware of what goes on inside the medical system. If you're a first-time listener to our podcast, you don't know that one of the things that we like to reveal to our listeners is we do the deep digging to, to show you just how broken the medical system is in all in pretty much all capacities. And that's never become more evident than it has in the last three years since the COVID pandemic, when we saw government institutions and pharma in bed together. And then the spokespeople for the NIH saying they're the science, but they were clearly denying, covering up and ignoring all the science. And so that has basically given us, um, that was our jumping off point. But we like to talk about all things health, wellness, current events. We like to divide the truth from the BS. And today, we think that every single one of you needs to know about Katie's story. I'm not going to use Katie's last name because she's involved in some um, litigation about what's happened to her. And We know that when you stick your neck out and you're the whistleblower that tells the truth on what these institutions do, you normally are going to get attacked. And we don't want to throw Katie out to the wolves today. So we're going to keep her protected. Um, We see her. We We know who she is. And we first heard her story because my sister, Anna White, shout out to Anna. My gosh, Anna White, right? My sister, Anna, said, you need to look at this lady's story because I think it made headlines. It did make the news that this happened. And before we do a deep dive in, I want to say that Kristen, Amy, and I just returned from the Children's Health Defense Conference. It's the first one we've ever been to in Savannah, Georgia last weekend. If you are not familiar with Children's Health Defense, it is the organization formed by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and a lot of other really smart people. Now, if all you know about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is that he is a, quote, anti-vaxxer, let us first clarify, no, he is not. What he is, is he is an attorney who discovered mercury in fish and some mothers whose children were injured by mercury in vaccines said, hey, you're looking at the fish in the New York City rivers. Go look at this. And when he began to look, because they made him look, let's be real, he did not want to. When he started to look, he was appalled at the science, okay, behind the children's vaccination program. Now, listen. This is whether or not you politically agree with him or not, we don't care. That's not what we're here for. The reason we will always and have always talked about him is because he has helped us also 
find those studies, that science and the lack thereof. And we got to meet with a lot of people who are in the vaccination space, in the wellness space, who are experts in their field, who are sounding the alarms. The problem is many of you may have never heard of them or heard the alarms because you're only listening to mainstream media. Mainstream media is supported largely by pharmaceutical companies, and they do not want the truth out there because there are literally billions of dollars involved. And if you don't believe me, even your child's own pediatrician gets kickbacks from the vaccination companies for having its patients fully vaccinated. Um, there's a lot we can tell you. We're not going to spend all the time on it today, but it was these things that we discovered that really confirmed to us that our gut feelings were confirmed. Something's not right here. And one of the people that we love that we've had on the podcast, and many of you have written to us about this episode, was from Dr. Paul Thomas. And he wrote the vaccine-friendly plan. Dr. Thomas will tell you today that if you are hell-bent on vaccines, use the book. But if you really want to know the science, don't do the vaccines. That's what mm -hmm. he said at this conference, okay? So I want to point you to that. That's a resource that you can use. We also have Vax versus Unvax. It's out now. Let the science speak. It is by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Brian Hooker, the PhD, the doctor who brought forth the whistleblower from the CDC that said they know vaccines are connected to autism, especially in black boys, and they shredded the evidence. That's another one that you should read. A Tale of Two Sides was actually written by Dr. Bob Sears, but he has a pseudonym, John Philip Ryan. If you want to know a doctor's story about discovering the truth, read that. And of course, Dissolving Illusions, which is by Suzanne Humphreys. Kristen's got hers too. We got to see Dr. Humphreys this weekend as well. And we highly suggest you go check out these books along with Turtles All the Way Down. Kristen's holding that there. We got to see those authors this weekend. This is the science. So we, what we want to do is we don't want to tell you what to think. We want to challenge you to do it. That's the whole premise of our podcast. And on this podcast, we also say, go look for yourselves. Don't be lazy. Stop being intellectually lazy. Stop waiting for headlines and talking points for what you want to believe based on who you trust. Go do your due diligence and get informed because when you're questioned, and you will be, you decide not to vaccinate your kids or to skip vaccinations or to change the schedule, you will be questioned and you need to be fully informed on why you believe what you believe. Now, Mar now Katie's going to tell her story and I imagine in her story, she's a fully informed mom. Okay. But we're giving you some resources so that, and we'll put them in our sub stack so you can go check for yourself, but by all means, please go read them. And I just want to give a shout out to a listener this morning who emailed us and who said, thank you for changing my mind. My child is fully unvaccinated and it is, and she is the healthiest child in her friend group. All the other kids she plays with are vaccinated and they seem to always be having something. My child is so well. Dr. Thomas, his, his, his research proved that, um, but they want to dispel it, but it is, it, it can be true. All that said, now you have the resources. Let's start the conversation. So, you know, all four of us are coming from a place of informed consent. All right. All right, Katie. So we learned about you because you made headlines and uh, you, you commented on one of our posts recently and you're like, hey, what is going on with children receiving vaccinations even after you deny them? 
So will you tell our listeners your story? What happened to you and your child? So February of last year, I went in for a scheduled C-section. I got there two hours early, filled out all the uh, paperwork. And part of that was a declination form that they provided to not get the hep B vaccine. I signed that. I let my doctor knew I didn't want my child to be vaccinated in the hospital. The nurse there knew. And about an hour or half or so after my C-section that day, a nurse came in and let me know that my child, in fact, had been vaccinated. So my husband had already left to go get food. I was sitting there with my mom, still kind of groggy. Like, so she told me he had been vaccinated, and it was a nurse who was training who felt very bad um, that there were no uh, issues or no side effects for the Hep B vaccine, which they had already handed me the forms that stated them, which I still have with their hospital name on it, that lists side effects. And basically, I left as soon as I could. I, I got out like a day and a half after my C-section because I didn't want to stay there anymore. I didn't want, I didn't trust anybody around my kid anymore. There was like one nurse that I trusted. Um, and I was like the mom whose kid was vaccinated. Everyone was coming in and knew, oh, you're the one, you're the, so the experience was just, I just wanted to get out of there because I was so angry that would happen. When I left, uh, I went off of what they said. It was a nurse who was training. I got my medical records and I went through them and I filed uh, with the board of nursing to against this nurse who vaccinated my child. In the complaint, I gave the declination form that I have. I gave the uh, MAR, the medical records that has the nurse's name, and the apology letter from the hospital that states, due to human oversight, your refusal for the vaccination was not reviewed prior to administering, administering the medication. Please accept our sincerest apologies. Wow. So I filed with the board of nursing, let them know, sent all that in. After the investigation on the nurse that's on my medical records, I heard back from the board of nursing and their response was, in this instance, after careful review of the information submitted by you and along with additional information, there is insufficient evidence to warrant action against the licensee. Wow. Wow. Even though they admitted so, that she did it and they say there's insufficient evidence. Right. Even with so, the declination form. Right. I, I have all of it. So I, I responded back and said, besides a video, what else can I give you? Whatever other evidence do you need? Because I have the declination of them agreeing or acknowledging it. And they said they can't tell me that. They can only collect evidence. So I said, okay, we'll open up a new complaint then. And I'll go down the list. We're going to start with the woman that came in my room and told me my son was vaccinated and told me the nurse that did it. And I got my medical records and I reported her. And that seems to not be what happened. So now let's open a complaint on this woman. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at now. Um, after I got that letter from the Board of Nursing, I went to the hospital and I went to the medical records just to make sure. And I had the director verify who administered it, and it was that, that nurse. I then went to the quality control who sent me my sorry letter, and I asked them to, I want to see the investigation and see what happened, because the nurse that I was told, I reported, and the board said there's not enough evidence. So what's going on? Are we not looking at the same medical records? 
is the board okay with nurses giving uh, vaccines against parents' consent? So she wouldn't speak to me because there's an ongoing investigation still with this going on. But that's where I'm at right now. So it's... It's, um, it's unbelievable to me. And again, accidents happen. The third leading cause of death in the United States, and we have verified this, is medical error or an adverse reaction to a medication. Well, And the fact that... I mean, accidents happen all the time, but where's the accountability for the right. accident? Because God forbid, if your child had died of SIDS a few days later, um, you know, or acquired an autoimmune disease because of the amount of mercury, or sorry, I should, I should correct that. Maybe it's not mercury in that one. It's the adjuvants that are the heavy metals that are given to a newborn baby. I mean, if you've listened to our, our podcast, you know, we always say decline hep B day one, unless the mom has hep B. Like, there is a way There's to tell. No your, There's no reason. It's either from drug use or sex, and your newborn baby has done neither. So, <laughs> um, you know, if the mom tests positive, which they do test the mom for Hep B before she has gives birth, there's no reason to do this. And again, I think it just goes back to we've got to break the paradigms of thought in this country that say, well, this is the way it's always been done. And we do this for public health because, you know, again, we point you to Dissolving Illusions by Suzanne Humphreys. If you really knew the history of vaccines, it is not this beautifully like, ah, everything's great. I mean, you guys even getting penicillin, there's side effects in people who cannot take it. Even though penicillin was considered a huge step forward, we cannot think that one size fits all. And if a mom declines or a parent declines, a vaccine for their child, it should be honored. And also, can we just, because again, we want you parents to be informed. You have authority over your kid, not the government, not a pediatrician, not a doctor, not a nurse, not a government agency. Nobody has authority over your child but you. And if you keep giving it them the authority, they'll keep taking it because the government ain't never taking anything it gave back to you, all right, mm. ever. So again, the hill will die on, my child, my choice. All right. And so this can happen. Now, let me ask you this, Katie. What would you, is there anything you could have done differently if you were to go back into that scenario? And again, you'd had a C-section. You'd gone through. I'd my back cut open yeah. and I trusted them to take my baby. And my husband knew, follow the baby. But my IVs were coming out of my arm. I was throwing up. I was having a terrible reaction to the medication. So he had turned and looked at me. And for that one second, we heard the baby scream. And I knew, and he heard that. He went over and he was like, a, he remembered what the scream was when they came in and they said that he was vaccinated. So they but, vaccinated him in the room with you? Well, right when they, he was minutes old. Yeah. They pulled right out of me right when they were doing all that. Oh, here's the mm. thing. I mean, yeah, like, here's the thing, like, just coming from, like, a nurse perspective, like, you said you already talked to, because I know we have messaged a couple times back and forth, that you talked to the nurse for a while about this, like, not just like, oh, I'm just filling this out. Like, you had a conversation with one of the nurses. I don't know if it's right. the one that administered my, my other child has a medical exempt or a religious exemption and exempts from 
vaccine. So okay. this was this is a discussion that has right. Been so you, you already had this discussion prior to the C-section. They've got the declamation declination form. It should be charted. It should be well known because there's probably very few very informed moms coming in that are actually declining. So that was something very different that should stand out. Number one. Number two. From what I understand, I'm not a NICU nurse. I'm not a newborn nurse, but I was an ER nurse. Um, but for babies, especially newborns that come right out, there's nurses, they check the dose. They check, Although the doses with vaccines are pretty much the same, whether you have a preemie or you have a 10-pound baby coming out, which is also crazy because dosing is so down to the, to, to the microgram. And so, you know, the tiny little, tiniest little doses. So they usually have a nurse double check, triple check. So the, this went through not just one nurse, this went through several. And I also want to point out the fact that they, and look, I also understand it happens like it is like I have, I have given like one unit higher than um, as a new grad. And it, one unit more than I was supposed to, to a diabetic with insulin. And I mean, thank God it was just one unit. It wasn't terrible, but I was like, oh, it freaked me out so much. Like I couldn't, I mean, it freaked me out so much. Mistakes happen. Luckily, everything was fine. But so coming from that place, but at the same point in time, this is huge. This is a medicine that cannot be taken back. This is something that the nursing board is basically just dismissing and turning a blind eye. They're not even saying anything. And the hospital has admitted it. The nurse admitted it. And the nursing board, the board of nursing is not doing anything. And I want to bring up a point that we have a nurse practitioner friend and think about Dr. McCullough, Dr. Corey, Dr. Thorpe, all the doctors that have their licenses revoked right now, just for prescribing or talking about an FDA approved medicine for you know, off label, but we have a nurse practitioner friend that is, that had to go to court for charting with red light therapy. Okay. She didn't chart something in time for charting for a medical device, an FDA cleared medical device that is actually masks aren't even FDA cleared. Okay. But the, the medical, the red light is actually safer than a tongue depressor. Okay. She had to go through court. They are dragging her through. She's actually still has a year of things that she has to do. Whereas this nurse administered something to your one, a few minutes old baby, something that you can never take back, never take back. And they just send you a freaking, I'm sorry. Whew. Yeah. You know what I wonder too, is I wonder if it would have been something else other than the vaccine. Would they have taken account? Like if, if, if the nurse would have given Tylenol or, you know, I don't know anything but a vaccine, would they have said, there is evidence, you know, is it just because it's a vaccine that they're just like, Oh, insufficient evidence. We don't want to deal with it. I mean, I want to know well, what evidence you're talking it, about. It really does not even have to be, it, it is a vaccine that I didn't want, but even pro-vaxxers need to know that your child can get given a medication vaccine, whatever it is without your consent. So right. it's a huge, you know, it happens to be a vaccine that you can't take back. And there's reasons why it didn't, wasn't acknowledged or whatever, but there yeah. it's, I don't know if they're just so routine to giving it to people because the people above them tell them to do that. Hand it, they have it all set out. But no matter the intent, whether they said she doesn't want it, we're going to give it to her. I don't care the intent. There's no room for negligence when you have a newborn baby. That uh, to me, it's terrible. So when I reported these nurses, they had nothing on their their um their license. But when I went to look the last, when I got my letter back saying this nurse was not accountable and I 
I now put a complaint against a nurse that came into my room and told me it was someone else. Um, she works at a school that my child is zoned for now as a school nurse. Ooh. I bet she... <laughs> my child, the child that I feel is assaulted. <laughs> that one. Yeah. So. That the, 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 what, what are the chances for the child, the exact school your, your children are zoned to go to? So... Kristen, quick question, just to bring some clarity to this too. I think you have said many times before on the podcast that in the hospital setting, in order to get a drug to a patient, there are multiple checklists they do have to go through, right? To try to mitigate error. Mm -hmm. What are those, what are the typical steps? If you're going to give a patient any kind of drug, what are the typical steps a nurse or doctor has to go through to get that drug to that patient? I mean, you've got the order. And then okay. you've got the right patient, the right dose, the right medica medication, the right route. So whether it's IV, IM, uh, PO, which is like oral. So, I mean, these are the things that you have to, you have to know and you have to check off. Right. And that's what, that's a great point right there. And another point that I want to point out to y'all, not anytime you are in the hospital, anytime you're at the doctor's office, you know, well, well we do because- Amy and I, we had our kids vaccinated um, before we knew any better, but they just come in with the syringes right there. They don't come in with the vial. And I'll tell you in the ER, we had to pull up this, we had to pull up the med at the patient's bedside so that they can see what you were pulling up. I highly recommend and encourage you all, anytime you're getting an injection, especially, you need to see what they are getting and where, how they were getting it so that you know, so you can do a double check. You have to be your own advocate. It's really sad and scary that, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't trust. I don't. I don't trust anybody. And they're, they're, they're they're it's different for vaccines. It's like well, different for vaccines. Like you don't have to go through all those millions of checks. It's just like here it is. Give it. Because I mean, you know, I remember being in the hospital. Like we had our bracelets. You know, like scan us, scan the baby, make sure all the. And I feel like they have a system where every time they came in my room, they would scan my baby's ankle and they would scan my wrist. To make like to say what they're doing every time. Well, and know. they should have done that. I mean, they definitely should have like scanned it and stuff, and the order should be in there. So I just should like pop up and say like, "Don't do this" or something. I don't know. Right. Well, how wild is it that in 2022 they are so anxious to get that poison into the, some right. kid's body that the moment they come out, they stick it with a vaccine? That is so beyond disturbing. I can't even. I, I just I can't even. I can't even understand why it is so urgent that you get that in that baby right that minute. If you know the mom is negative for Hep B, like I, I don't, I don't understand. And it's not like this was an emergency C-section, or it doesn't sound like it. If you were in there, for, you said it was a scheduled C-section. Right. Another thing that you justify, you know, when we're in the ER, when you're in an emergent situation, sometimes that is when accidents are more likely to happen right. if they're going to happen. And you, this was not. They had plenty of time. To provided the form, the <laughs> why provide the form to decline it if you're not even gonna? Oh here's crazy. It was their their form. I mean, it's just it's bizarre. We hope you take this all the way as far mm. as you can get. Well, with I'll it. keep you posted. Let you know what's next. So hopefully, you can find out what happened because I don't know if I was not told correctly what happened or if my medical records are different somehow. I'm not sure, but we'll find out and. 
Well, doing. we're going to be uh, going to be cheering for you because it is something that well, you just you, we don't want this happening to other. I know you don't want this happening to other families. Right. I've told many people, and there's there, it's, it is happening to other people because I've had six people reach out to me since this aired a year ago, all over the country asking where what did I do? How did I, getting the same response? Oops, sorry, but we give it to other babies, so your baby's fine. Oh, oh my, my gosh! That, that whole thing Ooh. burns my tail up. When people say that, no, it is not necessarily fine. There are babies who have not been fine after a vaccine. That's why when you get the insert, they have all the list, the, the, the laundry list of risks from that vaccine. I, I, my sister, Anna, one of the ways that our eyes got open. So I really, I probably should thank this doctor. It's a female doctor at Raleigh Pediatrics. I will not say her name, um, but cause I was not there. So I cannot attest that she said it, but I trust my sister with all my heart. And this is what started it. Duke University told her preemie, that's where my sister had uh, early, uh, a very, very high risk pregnancy delivery. And he was born at 34 weeks, I believe. And they told my sister, do not vaccinate on schedule. He's too small. She goes to her well visit with her pediatrician. They say, if you don't vaccinate on schedule, you cannot be our patient. My sister pushed back and this female doctor um, said, there are no risks to vaccination. I mean, how stupid do you have to be? Or indoctrinated or or so greedy for money. I mean, I, I can't begin to tell you what, whether it's ignorance or evil. I don't know. I think it's just been taught. We're taught to vaccinate. We're taught to treat symptoms. We're taught to just push medication, push, push, push from the top. It, all the that it saves, it saves lives. And listen, you know, again, it, there's there's a whole lot of arguments around public health. Like, what are our responsibilities to public health? And you know, some of these people who are pushing vaccinations will send their sick child to school because it is convenient for them. If you really care about the public, keep your sick ass child home. That is what you should do. So sorry. It literally makes me crazy. Okay. But I will say that like, there's this argument of like, well, we all do a little bit to help each other. Well, if vaccination worked that way, great, but it doesn't. Like vaccination protects, is supposed to protect the vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you're the one at risk. That's fine. That's the choice you made. You see what I'm saying? Like the argument is just bizarre to me. And again, there's, this is a very contentious, complicated issue. Yeah, Kristen, go ahead. I wanted to say, too, that um, there's I will put this in the substack because there is a Stanley Plotkin deposi deposition with Aaron Siri yeah. with um, I can. He, well, he's got his own law firm, but he's also the lawyer for the Informed Consent Action Network with Dell Bigtree and the High Wire. And there was a great deposition with Stanley Plotkin where he talks about it. But also he did a Senate testimony. I think it was in Arizona. And he's talking about speaking of insufficient evidence. I bet the doctors who are pushing this Hep B vaccine, I bet they don't even know how many days they tested for safety. There are two Hep B vaccines that are approved in the market. And does anybody want to take a guess as to how many days they just tested the safety? Five days for one, four days for another. And speaking of insufficient evidence, do you know how many they tested it on? 147 children, 100, 147 babies. For just five days. For five days. Okay. You don't have to believe me. I will send you, I will put it in the Aaron Siri testimony. You can watch it yourself. This is what they are basing 
all of this. And this is what they tell nurses and doctors. I was one of them in college, in school. It's like, you just hear about vaccines. It changed the world. Don't have any questions on to the next one. Let's go on to another thing. Even though I had a gut feeling like I didn't know enough to say no, or what would I do if I didn't? I didn't want to be the mom that didn't vaccinate. And then like something happened and all this stuff. Now I know far what I know plenty to know that I can handle the risk versus benefits. And there are far more risks for the vaccine in my uh, very informed opinion now <laughs> than to actually give my kids the vaccine. So, but I just want y'all to know, like, this is where you, I, I would ask the questions, ask the doctors, you know, do you know how many, and there was no placebo control. So just so you know, let's see the top five, the vaccines in the first six months of life, three each, Hep B, IPV, Hib, DTaP, PCV13. That's like, yeah, that was, uh, you get three each and there were no there was no control used with the Hep B and IPV. They used the control for other vaccines for the Hib. They used another Hib vaccine as the control group, and then they used the DTP for the DTAP vaccine. So they're using it. That's where we go from turtles all the way down. The control group is not a saline control group. It is they are testing it against another vaccine. So when they say that there's not as many, you know adverse events as the control group that's because the control group is getting the adjuvants and getting the crap that's giving them adverse events it it really is a scary thing when you actually start looking at it you know i i wasn't always anti-vax my daughter had some but what made me question was when they wanted to give her i questioned the um the varicella so what is that for the time i didn't know what amy did the same thing Uh, but i had chicken pox I'm fine. Oh, but we do it to protect other people. That's the first time I said, wait a minute. (laughs) That's when I haven't, she hadn't had any since. And my son's only had the one. (laughs) Yeah. Amy, what was it that our doctors told you? You were asking about um, Haley and they're like, that that you have to worry about um, fertility or pregnant, getting pregnant. Oh, I thought it was Varicella. Was it rubella? No, it was rubella um, because she was due for her, I guess it was like with her kindergarten shots. That's when I, we mm-hmm. finally were informed as she was going into kindergarten. I think it was the MMR booster. Yeah, so it was that's the third booster of MMR. And so I was like, so can you tell me like, why does she, if she's already been vaccinated for this, like 75% of the way, what is this next little bit? And she was like, well, you know, rubella, um, it can cause a lot of damage to uh, an unborn fetus. So like if she's pregnant and she gets rubella, you know, her baby could have some problems. I was like, well, she's five. So I think, and she's already been vaccinated a couple of times. I think we're good. You know, like these are the, these are the things that she was telling me. She didn't have much to say, but, but the, when I was like, give me the risk benefit to me, that was a no brainer. Didn't make sense. I know what it was. It was the varicella with me because oh. Knox, cause it, it was Knox. And she was like, well, with pregnancy, I was like, well, he's a dude, yeah. he's a you know, I had a, when I was pregnant with my son, I left my original OB because I had a doctor come in that I had, hadn't seen before. I was seeing um, a nurse practitioner that I liked, but I'd seen the doctor this time. He came in and they oh, so you don't want to get the COVID vaccine? I said, absolutely not. I'll take my chances. There, I, I haven't seen anything. Oh, so you'd rather get a, uh, vi- like, made me feel like I was crazy for not wanting to do it. I said, yeah, I would rather. Everything I've seen, I'd rather you get it. What? You know what I wish we would all start doing, Katie, is I wish we would say, hey, okay, doc, I'm going to record our visit just so I'll remember what you said. All right. Say that again. Say that again, because I just want it on record. 
I should get mm-hmm. the vaccine. Why? Because I'm going to play this for you again in a year, and we're going to see right. who was. We're going to see who was right. I mean, well, I- that, what we need to start doing is you don't have to be disrespectful. You don't have to be anything. But a doctor who believes in what or she believes in what she's saying should go on record as saying it. And we need to start polite, just politely saying, "Hey, I am an informed patient, and if that's a threat to you, you're not my doctor." Because my doctor should want me to be an informed patient. And it doesn't mean that we have to know everything that doctors know. But what we do know is our own bodies. What we do know is our own intuition, our own gut feelings that say something doesn't seem right here. And so many good doctors, and I know Kristen has said this, that they learned this in the ER. If a mama says something about her child, listen to the mama. That that, that used to be kind of like kind of widely accepted. Now it's, oh, you're on Google again? You're on WebMD? Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to look everywhere I can because Mm -hmm. if I had listened to doctors in my life, I probably wouldn't be here. And, um, And that is the sad reality is that we do have to get informed. And, and families, ask your pediatricians when they want to do the vaccine, say, will you give me the vaccine insert? Not the handout. The handout they give you is not it. The handout that says they may have a fever, they may be fussy. No, 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 no. The insert that comes with the vaccine. Ask them for the insert. Say, I'd like to take it home and read before I agree to anything. That just shows good faith that you're trying to get educated. Then look at the side effects. Look at the side effects. And and also do not sign. Do not sign anything because they, as far as when they say you have to sign something, taking, um, whatever, assuming liability or anything. If something yeah, happens, they don't sign it. I, I asked them, I was like, so do you sign it? And they're like, no. So you do not sign anything at all because that just takes all the liability off of them. Anyway, it's already off the companies that are causing all these issues. Yeah. And now you've got the doctor that's the middleman. So do not sign anything either. You just asked, and you know what I did last time? I just said, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not refusing. I said, I'm declining for now until I learn a little bit more until I'm convinced that this is okay. Yeah. And I'm going back. Yeah. Well, and then we and just when, won- when I was pregnant with my son and, and I had that uh, situation with that doctor who came in afterwards, I went to the nurse practitioner that I normally saw there. That's my age, another mother. And I said, if you're in my shoes, you're a mother, would you get this vaccine? And she looked at me and she said, I can't answer that question because of the CDC, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, that's my answer. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. Because if you agree, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you agreed, you'd be like, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and here's the thing. Again, parents, a couple things to know. One thing that I learned between having one child in 1998 and one in 2006 I never let Bennett leave the room. I never let my younger child leave the room. Now, this happened when Katie was in the room under duress. She was not doing well. Her was there. But if you can have someone in the room always with their eyeballs on your child, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. And it's something that I learned. And I remember them coming to try to take Bennett for a hearing test. And they said, Paul goes, where are you going? with my, like, What are you doing? And they're like, going for a hearing test. He goes, no, you can do a hearing test here. This child is not to leave our room. Mm. Not to leave our room for these reasons. I mean, you just, I hate to say, and again, we don't think most people are evil. We think it's, it's negligence. It's ignorance. There's a whole lot of things. It's, this is what we do. We understand. Do, do. Well, that's what they say to do. So do it just routine. Everyone does it. Everyone, what, like, why is everybody doing it? Why? Mm -hmm. But why though? But why though? Right? So 
Well, listen, Katie, please, will you keep stay in touch with us and let us know how it goes? And if there's anything that we can do, you know, let us know that as well. Any kind of uh, information that we're, we're trying to to get with, um, to connect as many dots as we can. We get a lot, by the way, we get a lot of messages, uh, especially on Instagram from our listeners and our followers. And we, we appreciate every one of you. We love to hear that we're being able to make a difference in your lives. So thank you so much for that. Um, but, but it is hard to get a response to everyone. But when those of you who, who reach out and you say, you really helped me make an informed decision, it means the world to us. But some of you are now reaching out saying, my child's injured. I know someone who's injured. Where can I find a pediatrician that can help? We can point you to Dr. Green Mom. She will send you, if you subscribe to her newsletters, Dr. Green Mom will send you a list of providers around the United States that will do medicine in accordance with what they'll partner with you in the, in the way that you want to partner. We can point you to that. Um, There's also we, that maps. Remember that maps that we, yeah. we saw them at children's health defense and it's like not minor attracted persons. No, not that. <laughs> I forgot what it stands for, but they it's for pediatric and they yes. help find functional natural integrative doctors for people all around the country. Yes. That's right. another one. I'll That's add right. that to our, to the sub, subsect too. I'm writing that down. So right now. So we, we're trying to help you all find, we, we just can't always um, get to everything in a, in a, in a good amount of time. So um, we're trying to put our resources out there. We are going to have a website. I'm putting it out there. We're going to have one where you can get to all this information, but until that happens, we're doing our best to give you what we can. We know that for so many of you, this is new information for many of you. It's not. And you just enjoy listening because well, we're kind of preaching to the choir and it's good to know you're not alone, right? You're not alone in this. And again, we're not telling anyone how to, to do anything for your kid. You have to decide what's best for your child. What we are saying is do it with the information that you need to, to really be informed and educated in that decision-making because there is no reason to put your child at risk for something when the risk to them from getting that disease is so minimal. The risk to anyone, chickenpox, When's the last time anyone died of chicken box, y'all? Even measles. People don't even die of measles anymore. It's crazy because we have better water. We have better nutrition. We have better uh, access to medical care, you know? So anyway, I, I think Katie has disappeared. We don't see her anymore because of the, we had a oh. little time. There? There no, she is. What's here? She's there. She's there. We just couldn't see her. <laughs> All right. So we're going to keep following Katie's journey. If you're a parent... Just be informed, do your due diligence and feel empowered to know it's your kid. It's your kid. It's your body. It's your kid. Stick up for your kid and don't stop sticking up for your kid. Yes. Yeah. Amen, sister. All right, Katie. Thanks so much Thank for being on. So Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Oh, 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 oh,